When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did it. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast and resource devoted to the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Chris Breffitt. What is going on today, Chris? Man, I couldn't be any more excited. Got our first look at some of the new models coming out. Wondering <laughs> what Wave 10 is going to be. So uh, you want to take bets <laughs> on number six and ten? What they are? Yeah, I'd love to. I'm down. Yeah, we can we can bet something here. I'm not sure what. Right. We'll figure it out. We will let you guys know next week. Stay tuned. We will let you know what our picks are and what the bet is. I love that, Chris. So while we're here, you know, we're missing six and ten from the list, and the list we're referring to. You can go to atomicmassgames.com/slash/gallery probably one of the more relevant news things we found in our show. And, you know, by no means are we going to be a new show. We're going to be a focused podcast, but we had to talk about these, Chris. So now finally the list has been updated. So we have the Wakandans onward all the so way cool. to CP 18, all the way to star Lord. So what do you think about this list? I'm just so, so excited for almost everything on this. list. <laughs> you know, you know it. I really am. The Hella model is, incredible it's outrageous yeah just incredible the vision model just really tickles my funny bone (laughs) i love it i'm very excited i guarantee you all of the marvel cosmic characters the guardians and thanos's lackeys black hand yes the black hand they will all be displayed (laughs) on my desk i am just i love those characters so much oh yeah chris having these cool sculpts and these cool models and then being able to use them on tabletop at the same time it's just it's really it's really cool. I cannot handle all those all this, as you know. And uh Rocket and Groot, I just it's just too much. I mean yeah, Rocket's so <laughs> such a cool model. I'm man. just fixated on Rocket Groot and of course we all know my obsession with the Spider Man universe, so of course Venom. But Rocket and Groot, just the combo of them together and Rocket on Groot's hand, like popping out of the base mm-hmm. and I mean Groot is massive, Rocket is tiny. I really think they're going to do something interesting with these guys, Chris, where they obviously synergize. 
but also oh, yeah. where maybe they have some sort of other than card bonuses through ta- tactic cards. I'm thinking they might have some sort of threat bonus or something. Maybe they're reduced or, or something when they're together. We will see. Yeah. Time will tell. But, of course, we have Gamora Nebula, the Black well, Ga- Hand. You know, Gamora is my future ex-wife. You know that. Right? <laughs> future ex-wife. That's right. She's already an act. This Gamora sculpt is absolutely beautiful. And, of course, yeah, we can't forget those Asgardians, Loki, Hela, and then, of course, Vision and Winter Soldier after that. So got to love the Vision. And the Vision comes up today. What an apt. I know, in. right? So before we know it, guys, we're going to have Black Panther and Killmonger, and then I think this whole cycle is going to begin. So Chris and I will ponder on this, uh, what's missing on uh, the number six spot before Black Panther and we Killmonger. What 14 is. What's missing in the number 10 spot and what's missing in that 14 slot, Chris, you're right. Well, um, I think we have an idea. The big question is, will he have the Infinity Gauntlet on or no? Well. Surely not. The sculpt comes with both options, Chris. I don't like that. <laughs> you don't? Well, if he's you got wanna... the Infinity Gauntlet, well, if it doesn't have any stones in it. Mm-hmm. That's better. I think the stones are an it's option got all too. The stones in it, his threat level should be you know, <laughs> infinite. <laughs> well, that would be that uh that interesting horde mode they keep alluring to, Ooh, um, which I'm very excited fun. about. Yeah, that when Thanos has the stones and everybody fights them together in a co-op game mode. I cannot Great wait. Thought that's going to be cool, cool, cool. But we're here, Chris, and like the game is out. We are in the beginnings of getting our streaming and video content going, as in we're doing the equipment research and we're doing the deep dives on technical stuff which will bore you on the show so we won't hold you there but just know that we will be streaming very soon if not we have already streamed by the time this episode comes out on twitch.tv slash furious finest please give us a follow there and we're obviously going to get a youtube page going too chris oh yeah so just follow us on both of those respective places and i will put them in the show notes like always but other than that chris the game is still in its infancy we finished assembling our models but now we have to do the painting well they're primed yeah the priming of course but the, the painting was tentatively going to start today but recording came first always yeah and just uh, for you guys so we'll see so chris are you set on that gray hulk absolutely last episode we talked about it set yeah so you're set on gray hulk i'm set on green hulk so that's hulk done what about everybody else? Are there any alternate schemes you're going for with someone else in, that you have in mind? Still trying to figure out what I'm going to be doing with Iron Man. Okay. But he will definitely not be generic unless it's just the best. But I know that he's had so many different color schemes over the years. I'm going to go with a, a very dark blue, maybe black with Spider-Man. Okay. Black and red. Yeah, of course. The black uh, and red. Because I figure everybody will be doing blue. Of course. You know. That basic amazing. I don't have to be a special snowflake, but, (laughs) but, you know, let's do something cool. The strange thing for me, Chris, is I feel like I'm going to do some alternate schemes too. But for me, they're going to be maybe characters that are lower on my list, I will say. Not in a negative way. Just um, characters that I have less of a spiritual attachment to their original costume probably i guess so maybe that first amazing spider-man he will be the standard you know blue and red and the more defined comic booky blue and red but you know someone like captain marvel who we did last episode i have less of a connection to her but i do love the aesthetic of that kree uniform oh it's great and i think i'm sticking to that i've, I've talked about it on the show before and i think that's the the way i'm going the kree air force Sort of look with the the black, silver, and green. The greens, of course. I don't know. Is there anyone else from the core set that's really striking chord with you? Other than Not off the top at the moment, okay. but tune in next week and find out. Please do. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com. 
slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting it with a monthly contribution. And what right now we want to thank all of our patrons for their support. We have a new patron to announce this week. We want to send a very big, very special thank you to Pierre Benoit G. Thank you, Pierre. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate your support. You're paving the way for future Fury's Finest content outside of this podcast and just making our time and effort in this show that much more worth it. Uh, we really appreciate it. Chris, let's get into our lore. So, Chris, we've been keeping everyone in suspense, even though I think everyone knows where we're going this week. This week's topic is Ultron. And I am so excited to get into the lore of Ultron, you to school everybody on this, and just the history of this big, bad robot. So let's start off today by asking, who is Ultron? Well, Chris, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> In the movies, he was born by Tony Stark yeah. as a divergence AI program from Jarvis. But in the books, he was created by Hank Pym using Wonder Man's brainwaves. Which, I mean, it's just his thought patterns or whatever. Right. This is in the 60s. So. Hank Pym as in the original Ant-Man. The original Ant-Man. Pym and I specify that. Yeah. Which is going to be, play a big role in our first live stream. So tune in. Whew. <laughs> so Ultron was created and immediately rebelled. Immediately had an Oedipus complex. And immediately decided... To keep the peace, he needed to destroy humanity. <laughs> so, classic robot. Classic robots, man. Man Sky versus Nets. machine. Yeah, we got man versus machine archetypes here in play. Um, right. Of course, the, the Marvel Universe is no different from some of these archetypes, and uh, this one's popping up. So there we go. When did he first appear? Ultron initially appeared as an unnamed character in The Avengers number 54 in 1968. His first full appearance happened in Avengers 55, the very next issue, also 1968. Uh, Ultron was created by Roy Thomas and artist John Bushima. So Chris, getting into Ultron's history here, Ultron had a long history as an Avengers villain. This is kind of like his main thing. Being created in the 60s, he's come back time and time again. Very similar to what we said about Red Skull, but this is a specific Avengers antagonist. Ultron was created by Dr. Ham Hank Pym, like we mentioned. And shortly after becoming sentient, he rebelled. This is still the standard part of his history. Oh, yeah. He hates Hank Pym. That's a big part of this, driving his character. Right? Oh, huge. <laughs> and not only that, but he has a very unhealthy interest in Hank Pym's wife, ex-wife, depending on where you're at. Right. Uh, Jeanette Van Dyne, who also was the original Wasp. That's right. This is still late 60s stuff, 70s stuff, right? Even keeping with the MCU timeline in a way. It does. You know, really was struck by the similarities in Ultron's overarching story. Right. And Age of Ultron, the movie. Sure. And even some of the Ant-Man storyline, right? The back past stuff, right. even though they heavily edited a lot of Hank Pym's storyline to be well, more Hank modern Pym, friendly. Hank Pym, <laughs> Hank Pym in the comics. <laughs> Is probably not MCU material. He's a real bad guy. Probably not MCU material. He's technically a hero fighting for the side of good, but he's not a good person. Now, to go on more with the Oedipus Complex in the, I believe it was 2000s, it might have been early 2010s. Right. Ultron resurfaced at one point with a female body, and he pretty much resurfaced as Jeanette Van Dyne, the Wasp, which it just takes the whole Oedipus thing you right. know, kind of full circle. He's kind of like in your face. Really important point of this today, Chris, we talked about, uh, we alluded to in our intro, 
Ultron also created Vision. Right. And two other more minor characters yeah. these days, but Vision being the main one. It's kind of insane how for someone that would pop up once or twice every 10 years, how much of a driving force he's been. What I find this interesting, Chris, too, with the Ultron in the original comics creating Vision, and now in the MCU, we had a kind of tangential difference to that, which was Ultron destroying Jarvis. Mm-hmm. And then Jarvis breaking free in a way from Ultron by the end and becoming Vision. Using the power of the cube. Exactly. Using the power of the cube. So they've they've kind of done all these in a roundabout way. Yeah, they've done a real good job of tying in these extremely convoluted, decades-spanning storylines into very concise movie moments. And it's I, for one, think that they've done a great job. I I know some people think it's a little lacking, but you know, with, with a transition from comic book medium to the big screen, you're always going to have to make some concessions. You're not going to get a one-to-one transfer ever. Oh, you're, you're right. And we talked about that in our last episode with the comparing of threat levels in the game to the real threat of the characters. They're not one-to-one ratios and that works in these mediums. We need to change these things for the game, for the movies or for the comics. So let's talk more about Ultron. So he's always been on a mission to destroy humanity. Very, you know, man versus machine, very Matrix-esque. He's also been stopped by the Avengers multiple times, but then he just comes back. He just well, comes back. my favorite being when he's stopped by the West Coast Avengers, because that's, that's B-list Avengers at best. That's hilarious. But he keeps coming back, Chris, and that's part of his character. Like, since he is an AI-focused robot... He can come back. Like this he is can. not he's not a living person. Or- what was really, really interesting was the idea that that there would be personality differences between, say, Ultron Mark Ten and Ultron Mark Eleven. Yeah. Which was just a super fascinating sci fi concept to run with. The fact that the same AI has come through a new embodiment and has resurfaced again with a new plan and a new personality of sorts and yeah it's super interesting and something that's explored a lot by you know guys like asimov and things like that but also pulp comic book character well what i like about ultron chris and a lot of these stories he does significant damage to the people of earth so even when he's thwarted by the avengers and these other superheroes that assist the avengers he still does significant damage to the people and civilians of earth so like he is a very oppressive force So that's going to lead me into our next part where we're talking about what are his powers and how does he have so much presence over the globe? This is kind of a big part of his character, right? It is a big part of his character, and it's it's a big part of his character in Marvel Crisis Protocol, too. He's developed his own AI to control multiple bodies. Now, his main body is usually made of adamantium, vibranium, mystical Marvel metal. Yeah. Uh, Hashtag triple M. Yeah. Now... His hordes are usually made of a more common generic element. Yeah. But he can control them all. Eventually, of course, when he makes he makes a shift into more of the cosmic titles right. in the two thousands. Okay. He starts exploring nanomachines. <laughs> Nanotech, right? <laughs> Nanotech. I love this part of him where he's turning actual organic people and things into robotic right to serve him marvel has used this same idea and premise with sentinels right with x-men ding 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 take a drink we talked about x-men take a drink i'm taking a drink right now x-men now one of the one of the big things he's always trying to accomplish with him 
fighting the Avengers is he's always trying to add new brain patterns to to add new personalities and okay. new traits and new ideas. Um, he's very rarely successful, but when he does see success, it's probably <laughs> the weirdest turn for his character ever. Okay. When Marvel launched the all new, all different line, he and Hank Pym got fused together. Oh yeah, and then they yeah, not oh only my. that, but they were kind of forced to reconcile their differences a little bit. Man, and it's almost disconcerting. It's like that episode <laughs> of. Forgive me, all of you who haven't seen it, and I'm sorry if my nerddom is showing here, but it's kind of like that episode, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, right? yeah. with the dog and the little girl, <laughs> and it's just disconcerting to me. But uh, uh, it does lead to a very humorous scene in Secret Empire. Okay. It's very good. Well, and I've been reading recently, Chris, Age Voltron by Bendis. Man, what a wild and wacky story. In in the best way possible. It's it's very post-apocalyptic. The heroes learn that Ultron is actually controlling events from the future via time travel and things like that. He's actually influenced the future timeline, which is right. trickled backwards to the past. So then crazy things happen in this story where like Wolverine's like, I want to go back in time and kill Hank Pym. I mean, crazy things like that. Classic Wolverine methodology. Yeah, just cut the head off. I want to kill it. I want to cut the head off. That's his that's his meth methodology. He's the best at what he does. He is a constant force, like kind of like we said, Red Skull. So it is so interesting to me, Chris, that we are hitting our second villain. We're having a reoccurring theme in Marvel, which is kind of this oppressive force of evil. Though evil this is a different evil. Go away. This is a different evil, though. This is um, robotic evil. This is right. destroy humanity. Red Skull might have been more along the lines we talked about: oppression, genocide, control, power. Ultron just wants humanity to be gone. So this is kind of a different form of evil but it's really cool that we have these two villains back to back and i'm really excited to talk about ultron today even more so let's talk about ultron the marvel cinematic universe character yeah so he's been featured heavily in the mcu he was only obviously directly in one film well he only had that name that film named after him so let's talk about his first film avengers age of ultron this is the second avengers film this is when the avengers have finally got their feet under them and they're a team and we see that at the beginning of the film. And, of course, they encounter Ultron, and they kind of have to reassess everything, which is great. Also, this is the beginning of something we're going to get into later, but, you know, Tony's visions of humanity being ended by Thanos and things like that, this all kind of ties together, and Ultron brings a lot of this on Tony as well, which is going to come up in our Iron Man episode. This is the main meat of what we get in Ultron in the MCU, Chris, and it's what a great performance by James Spader. 100% agree. The voice was nailed. I mean, what a better actor to play him. We've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. Like This film is not as bad as people remember. And also, See, I, think I was going to take the opposite approach. I'm fine with that. I, but even if it's not as bad as people remember, it's still my least favorite Avengers film. Definitely that. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm going to agree with then you there. We are in agreement. But I certainly think this is better than some of the twos and threes out there and stuff. I still absolutely think that they nailed Quicksilver and Wanda as far as they really did. As far as representing the powers on the big screen. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Chris, because like Quicksilver and Wanda and Vision, this is also their film. Oh my gosh, Vision, yeah, highlight of the film. Yeah, he's not even that big in the film, even though Jarvis is in the early parts, which technically is Vision, and it turns to Vision. That's the only way they beat Ultron is because of Vision. Well, and they they realize that character so well on screen, which I know. 
super Paul hard Bettany. to do, man. Man, he's in Star Wars too, so in Solo. So it's just it's great stuff. Compare the way they portrayed Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch sure. on screen to how Fox okay. portrayed them. Yeah. It's night and day in terms of quality. In this my is a, this is a discussion for another opinion, time. Please don't. You don't like the don't Fox Quicksilver, huh? Is that what you're saying? I am definitely saying that. Don't at me. It's tough because I like the actor better, but then you're talking sure. about character representation. I'm talking about this is what's tough. Portrayal yeah. of power on the yeah. screen. No, yeah, the power is pretty good. But this was Coltron's film. Like he comes into consciousness, doesn't know what he is. He learns that he's a defense system created by Stark to protect the world. Yeah. Except these people have that have created him have created so much destruction in the world and so much death. That's his take on it because he's taken in all the news and everything. And, uh, you know, he breaks free, becomes sentient. What a great scene. Probably one of the better parts of this movie when all the Avengers are at the party. Everybody's drinking, hanging out. Then we have the scene with Thor's hammer, of course, where Cap was just faking the whole time. And which I love. (laughs) He strains and barely picks it up. And, oh, I can't pick this up. What a Cap move. And, you know, that's when Ultron strikes for the first time and breaks free. and, And, you know, it's just it's truly threatening. This film sets up a lot, Chris, in the MCU, too. we got to mention that. I mean, just Andy Serkis is introducing this, too, his character. There's a lot of parts that are indirectly setting up Wakanda as well. But, man, James Spader, the movie's worth it for that alone. So let's move on. The rest of these are just mentions or references. So so what's our next film, Chris? Well, he's indirectly mentioned in Ant-Man. Right. He's mentioned in Captain America Civil War. Directly mentioned, yeah. Uh, you see his head and his arm in Spider-Man Homecoming. That's when Peter is locked in that warehouse of all the tech, and he mm-hmm. literally pulls Ultron's head out. It looks well, like the eyes are glowing. It's probably, it's probably not Ultron. Ultron one of the it was probably one of his... Drones. Yeah. Of course, Thor Ragnarok, he's mentioned. My personal favorite Marvel movie. Right. Infinity War, again. And Endgame, he's, he's talked about, sort of. Yeah. Kinda. They he, think about it. He was a chess piece on the way to Thanos. That's right. Just like Loki was. So all these things needed to happen in the the way they did. But, you know, they really nailed Ultron. We don't have as much to say about the MCU because he's in less of it. And that's fine. He did not overstay his welcome. No. And he served his purpose. And he was a good villain, man. Really good villain. uh, Really good performance by James Spader. And, um. Really good design in MCU. I, yeah, they, they the, took a the character unique, design is really cool. They took a unique approach to him, um, made him a little different. I particularly love the scene where he reveals himself to oh, yeah. to Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch, and he's wearing the robes. It's not clear that it just it's such a cool look. And he's got some great lines in that movie too. Um, despite some of the movie's flaws, the lines they gave Ultron and the James Spader's execution, mm, such good stuff. You know, on this rock, I will build my church, things like that. He's got some good lines where he's kind of setting up his bad guy plans. But, you know, the only downside of him being an Ultron to me, Chris, is I feel like a lot of the movie is just more set up for the Avengers and he kind of has to take a back seat at some points. But that's okay. So let's talk about the real meat and potatoes. Yeah. Let me give you the Chris comic book recommendation. I was about to ask. Give us some comic and media recommendations. All right. So first off, I really, really would just love it. (laughs) Okay, guys, I'm reading it and, after this recommendation. And you, you can start here, but you should probably start with the original. But read Annihilation Conquest. It's by a lot of different people, but I think Dan Abnett was the overarching story designer. Annihilation and Annihilation Conquest. If you don't love Marvel Cosmic, you will. What year did this come out? 2000s. Okay, so really in that reset time period we were talking about where Marvel kind of well, yeah. reset... 
from early 2000s brought me back in and yeah it's just it's a it's, great time it's such an expansive wonderful story you get lots of nova you get lots of star lord you get lots of drax mm, good stuff moon dragon phalanx adam Ooh. warlock man Annihilus, just so many cool things, such a well-done story. How does Ultron fit into this story? Now, Ultron does not come in until Annihilation Conquest, Okay, but he is the big bad. Love it. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. And then, of course, Age of Ultron by Bendis, which you're reading right now. Yep, mentioned um, it earlier. It's so fun. It's, it's just, just fun. so fun. It's comic book fun at its best. It's kind of like everyone's down on their luck. The world is attacked by Ultron and his drones, and... There's a lot of the superheroes, by the way, in this. Yeah. Um, something that always shocks me in Marvel, returning to it, is just how much crossover between all the different stories, even more than the MCU, of course. And, uh, you know, like I said, Wolverine wanted to go back in time and uh, cut off his head. But yeah, Age of Ultron, awesome stuff. Check it out. Chris, it's time to move over to strategy and talk about Ultron in this wonderful game. Oh, I know what's your favorite part. Here we go. So, guys, once again, if you want to bring out your Ultron card and follow along with us or check our social media where I always post pictures of the cards, you can follow along there. We are going through Ultron's card, healthy side, then we'll be on Day's side, and we're going to talk about all of his stats, attacks, and superpowers. Starting with his name, it's Ultron. And a nice little touch here, Chris. They still have the alter ego on here, and it says Ultron. (laughs) I guess they could have used his alter ego from the – like first that issue been, he cameoed that's in. too nerdy uh, yeah you're right this is more like that's for me this is for the driving rest the point home to say somebody who's not a big marvel fan like we are or maybe not even a big mcu fan they play this game they say oh yeah that guy really is just a evil sentient robot no pretense here he was not someone else before this happened to him he is just ultron so let's talk about his stats his healthy side chris we have six stamina that's health medium speed height three that's new threat four <laughs> standard for some of these bigger guys his defense is physical four energy three and mystic four and while we're here chris i'll just talk about his day side nothing changes except he goes down one health his stamina is five which this makes sense you're damaging him down anything of this stand out to you Uh, i got a couple things stand to me but what stands out to you right off the bat mystic four stands out to me right away Uh, absolutely Height three stands out to me. Completely new to this corset. Completely new to his corset. But the other thing, for a big bat, he doesn't have a ton of health. I wonder why that is. Well, he's got yeah, kind of the average health amount. I wonder why that is. Maybe given more health, he might be a little broken, Chris. When we get to some things well, later. Well, there's also something. That's the, yeah. You know, we're talking about the same thing. Superpowers, kind of. We're talking about the same thing. Yeah. So, Mystic Defense four. It's so obvious, but it, it just it seems strange at first. But it's so obvious. You know, they've talked about in the game. Mystic is a defense against the mystic arts and mental damage. He's a robot. It's going to be kind of hard <laughs> to invade his brain. This can be a theme we see later, Chris, with some of his innate abilities. He's a robot, so he's not affected by certain things. Physical four, love it. And energy three, that's fine. That's the average in this game. And that's what he's going to be weak to. You take out the body, and he's not going to be able to affect you until he can get himself into another vibranium, adamantium. Yeah body you gotta melt him down blow him up i love this chris because he is a antithesis to captain marvel they are very similar characters in the core set even though one's a villain one's a hero they flipped a lot of things in their characters though and the first major flip is captain marvel's energy defense is incredibly high and she even gets charged up by it his physical is incredibly high her weakness is physical his weakness is energy they're just a complete swap threat four 
standard for these bigger characters in this core box. Medium speed, and I do say this, Chris, something we is not on this card, but we can talk about while we're here. He is medium speed, but technically he's a slightly longer medium speed because he is a larger base size. Right. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. So he's actually pretty fast. He's somewhere between medium and long. So that's keep that in mind when you think about that as well. But let's move on to his attacks, Chris. Well, I can't wait. His first attack is going to be his generic strike, which everyone has a version of. Right. And it reads as such. It is physical. After this attack is resolved, the character gains one power. That's it. He gains one power. He does not gain one power for every damage inflicted or anything like that. It's just a straight one power, which could be nice. It's very steady. The range will be two. The strength is four and the power cost is zero. Standard strike, that zero power cost. So exactly like Captain Marvel, where we talked about last week, Chris, uh, she had a similar thing where she can just gain a power. Uh, There's no rolling the dice. There's no betting with this. It gains you less power than some other strikes, but this is guaranteed one power. This is nice, too, when you're doing your battle math. If you're thinking, oh, I'm one power short, I'll do a strike, and then I'll use my superpower. His next ability, Chris, is an energy attack called Energy Blast. It's range four, strength of five, and costs zero power. Wow. Um, After this attack is resolved, the character gains power equal to the damage dealt. Now, there it is. So he has a second strike here. This is a ranged energy strike. This is already kind of different. He has options, Chris. So you can do a melee strike and get a guaranteed power, or you can do a ranged energy strike, a hair stronger, and then potentially get less or more power. Jesse, would you say that Energy Blast might be a roll of the dice? It's a roll of the dice. Wow. (laughs) So let's move on to... This one's so cool. And I'll tell you what I think is so cool about it in just a second. But it's called Metallic Fury. It tells me that it's physical here, but we'll see about that. It's range 3, strength 7, and it's going to cost 3. Okay. Not a super high power cost there. No. But here's the coolest part about it. Before choosing a target... Ultron may choose whether this attack's type is physical or energy. That's right. How cool is that? He's adapting. He's analyzing. He's choosing when his target's weaker at. So you're always going to choose the target's weaker defense. So if you're attacking Carol from last week, you're absolutely going to choose physical. 100%. Every time. It does have one more effect, which is awesome. Wild. If you roll a wild, you inflict bleed. After this attack is resolved, the target character gains the bleed special condition. So, Chris, bleed reads just like this. The character suffers one damage at the end of each of its activations. So every time a character activates, it's taking that extra damage. (laughs) So it's really cool. He's pushing them over the edge. This is a good way late game to just teeter somebody onto their day's side or kill them. Right. Can't be understated. What a cool ability, this Metallic Fury. This is going to be your main source of damage dealing. Right. And that's it for his attacks, Chris. Well, let's move on to his superpowers because he has four. What? Get out of here. So his first superpower in here, Chris, is Analyze and Annihilate. So thematic. It's reactive, which is interesting. Let's talk about it. It costs two power. During the next attack, this character makes this turn when resolving critical results. Roll an additional dice for each critical result in the opposing defense role. So if you have the two power, you spend it, which this is great because you don't want to spend this unless they have criticals out. Right. So you spend it. maybe they're rolling too hot. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is like a cooler. This is the cooler at the uh, casino, oh, man. Oh man, they're they're getting a little cocky, and he, you know, he sees those crits. Too many blackjacks. So let's remember, bring in the cooler. Remember, Chris. Of course, we haven't forgotten. But in this game, criticals are successes on either side of the dice, whether right. you're attacking or defending. So they're going to get criticals out there, and this is actually pretty good against bigger dice pools because exactly bigger dice pools are going to lead to more crits. That's just the way these sort of things work. So he is going to spend two power. And then roll additional dice to hopefully get through their defenses. Pretty cool. But tell us about their, his next power, Chris. So his next power is an active power. It's called Kinetic Field Generator. Choose an interactive terrain feature, size 3 or less, within range 3, and throw it medium. This superpower can only be used once per turn. It costs 3 power. Chris, this is great. I can't stress this enough. Some people are s- still talking about this. Like, I don't know about throwing, and clearly those people haven't got the game to the table or just really thought about how strong some of this stuff is, mm-hmm. but throwing is great. If you remember last episode, we talked about Captain Marvel. She had the Danvers special, which was the same ability. Throw a size three or less within range two, throw at medium. It's going to be used once per turn. So once again, we're seeing these two echo each other, which is so cool. The list balance and things like that. But man, Chris, throwing terrain is so good. You can throw it at other people. You remove from the battlefield, so you remove cover. You, what I said before, you remove something the enemy can throw in right. a future turn, which is truly, you know, you're negating some of their options. Um, only can be used once per turn. That's fine. So this can be less of a damage dealer than some of his other stuff. But I mean, if you're controlling the battlefield, you're winning the game. Yeah, absolutely. So what's that last superpower there? Well, we got two more, Chris, and. They're both innate, so this is pretty exciting. The first one is All Will Be Metal, which is excellent. When defending against mystic attacks, count each wild result in the defense roll as two successes. Gross. So we've already talked about Ultron having the highest mystic defense in the game we've seen thus far. Now, when he's defending against mystic with that four defense, all of his wilds count as two dice successes. So... Don't attack him with Mystic. Don't attack him with Doctor Strange when yeah. he comes out. Don't attack him with Modok. Just no. avoid it because yeah. the mutants will be out. <laughs> you're going to waste your actions. He does not care about Mystic because he's a robot. This is so thematic, so cool that he's kind of the trump of the Mystic attacks. Like he ignores all of it. And his last bit, Chris, on here is innate as well. He has flight, of course, yep. just like Carol. And he has immunity to bleed and poison. He's a robot pretty freaking <laughs> cool man he can't be poisoned in his blood or his lungs and he obviously can't lose blood so none of those triggers would even happen to him so you're kind of negating some of our other heroes in the core box and some of their abilities and obviously future heroes let's not forget he has a special card as well you're so right chris so this isn't our tactic episode yet we're, we're kind of holding off on a lot of that but we i think we got to mention this we while have to it's so important to this character I feel like if you're playing Ultron, you're going to at least want to strongly consider this card. I mean, I think it's an auto-include personally, but that's kind of running an Ultron as a bruiser setup. So this is a tactic card called Age of Ultron. It is unaffiliated, which is nice, and it's a reactive card, so I'll just read it here. If Ultron is KO'd, he may spend 8 power to play this card before removing the miniature from the battlefield. Ultron is not removed from the battlefield. Instead, he removes all special conditions 
flips his card to the healthy side, removes all damage, drops all objectives, and may be placed within three range of his current location. So cool, man. A new drone comes in. He jumps his consciousness into the Just new drone. Just think about that. Like, you can seriously, Ultron Rush. You can move, Rush, too. I think <laughs> Ultron Rush is going to be a strategy. Yeah, so obviously he's weaker on his day's side, and that's fine. And, you know, just hold on to this card. Now, what I like about this card, Chris, is you don't have to take this, but this is always a fear for somebody. You know what I mean? It's always a fear that you have. They're going to know that the card exists. So that's going to terrify them enough, so they might not try to destroy Ultron. That might work to your advantage. He might be, in a weird way, Chris, Ultron in some sort of weird meta way, he might be a great objective holder a runner because people are trying to ignore him because of these type of cards and you know he's so good on defensive on certain things i don't know it's pretty awesome we'll return to this in our tactic episode chris we got coming up so exciting we have to go through all the tactic cards there's so many it's such a complicated and robust part of the game it's an entire system with inside the game which is great we obviously want to go through all the characters and the core set contents first so you guys can grasp on that, but I mean, we had to mention it while we're here. And you know, the guy can fly. He's immune to poison and bleed. He comes back to life. I mean, what a character, Chris. He's pulling me to the dark side. I told you I am so excited He's to play cool, villains mainly because of Ultron only. And I just can't wait. I just love the idea of rushing him up, generating a power as quickly as possible and not worrying about when he dies. Just soak all that fire while you get the rest of your team in position to control the board. That's right, Chris. And you can even do kind of aggressive plays where you know you're at a certain number of power, say four or five, and you have, say, three, two or damage left till he dies. You can just put him wherever you want. It's amazing. Hold a spot and say, I know I'm going to die. I know I'm going to get that two more power because when you take damage uh, in the game, you gain power. You can really game this and control the battlefield with this. You just got to think about put when to push and when not to push it. Right. And, you know, I just love that he has flight. We mentioned that, but, I mean, it's not a huge part of the game so far because there's only a couple characters with it. And It will be, especially as boards get yeah, bigger and better. That's exactly what I was going to say. Everybody's building their boards, Chris, like you're talking about. So just getting him up on a spot and, you know, shooting down. Oh, so cool. I just can't wait to have him on top of that Every Taco Bell. going to have to have a flyer or two. Oh, you got to have a flyer or two. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the objectives will be in other places. So. Right. It's pretty exciting, but that's really it for Ultron today, guys. I can't wait to get into the table. He's nasty. So, Chris, last thoughts on Ultron here about his miniature. We always end on this. After all this lore and strategy talk, we got to look at this beautiful miniature in front of us. I, I have some thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts. I think they did a really good job. They went more of the movie route. But with an open mouth. Seems. With an open mouth. More like the comics. Of, kind of has an annihilus feel. He's bridging that gap. To it. Like I talked about some of these yeah. characters do. Cap's kind of a half and half. That open mouth kind of has an annihilus feel to it. So I'm wondering if annihilus will ever make it to this game. Okay. What do you think about the sculpt? I think it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love the pose. I think it's my favorite in the core set, Chris. I could see that. It's without a doubt one of the best in the core set, which I mentioned in a past episode, and I think it might be the best. He's the largest. He's on a bigger piece of debris, and just his arm pose, his stance, uh, the mouth being open, the kind of more of a bold comic choice there. I just love it. He's so imposing. I think I'm going to even add more rubble to his base, like he kind of landing in, Ooh. you know, and just get it really robust. Like, because yeah, he's a big unit, he's going to draw a lot of people to the game, Chris. I hope so. As is every character which is the best part about this i hope so i'm really hoping we can get some 
support from local comic book shops and not just gaming shops and really get more people into the hobby. Yeah. And I love that we're four heroes in now, Chris, and like we've done a really good job mirroring like he is such a mirror of Captain yes, Marvel, absolutely, but in a completely different way. And same with Red Skull and Captain America with their leadership and their economy abilities and their team triggering abilities. These two are just great. They're hard hitters that fly. They have immunities to things, yep. so they can't be hurt by certain things, and then they are weak in certain ways and really strong defensively in other ways. Can't wait to get more characters in this game. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Catch our streams of Marvel Crisis Protocol at twitch.tv slash Fury's Finest, and catch Chris and I playing some Star Wars Legion at twitch.tv slash the Canon Cantina. Follow the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast, Instagram at Fury's Finest, and Facebook.com slash Fury's Finest. Email us at furiesfinest at gmail.com and leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. We will read this content on future mailbag episodes. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. And please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Help spread the word about our little show. Yeah, we really appreciate everybody's comments, encouragement, anytime you've liked something or shared something or even just reached out to us. And you know, you guys can reach out to us anytime. Just reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at J-E-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Check out my Star Wars show, The Canon Cantina, and follow it at The Canon Cantina. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. Thanks for listening. True Believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. What is this? What is this, please?